The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. Hey, this is Matt Landry, the voice of Anakin Skywalker in Star Wars The Clone Wars. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars. This is where the fun begins. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 119. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember... The Force will be with you, always. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and I'm not Father Andrew, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we discuss the hidden layers and deeper meanings found in all the Star Wars movies, TV series, and more, and there is so much, much more. I'm Dom (laughs) Bettinelli, and I'm joined today by Thomas Sanherjo. Hey, Thomas. It's good to be here, Dom. Uh, And uh, joining us now for the first time is Mike Dens. Hi, Mike. Well, not for the. Oh, yeah, it is my first time on Star Wars. That's right. I mean, this is first time on Star Wars. Is it yeah. a Catholic <laughs> mystery that Dom that you can actually be Dom and not Father at the same time? That's, uh, <laughs> yes, that's fantastic. It's not much of a mystery, but uh, <laughs> and also a special wow. a special guest joining us is uh, Isabella Bettinelli. That's right. Uh, my my uh, daughter Isabella is joining us. Hi, Isabella. Hi. It's great to be here. This is an unusual panel for Secrets of Star Wars. Uh, we. We just had Star Wars Celebration. So much news. We just had the first two episodes of Kenobi. We had to talk about it. And unfortunately, things have come up. People have gotten sick or ill, you know, ailing or traveling or whatnot and just couldn't join. And I, I couldn't let the opportunity pass. I said, I'll jump in <laughs> and we'll we'll have a recording. We'll do an episode. We're going to talk about this. We couldn't wait. We couldn't make you wait. A whole week to talk about these first two episodes and the and the and all the news. Uh, so uh, I wanted to start with I want to get right into it because there's so much to talk about. I wanted to start with the announcements at the Star Wars Celebration. Now, in case you aren't familiar, if, <laughs> I think most Star Wars fans are, but in case you aren't, there's an annual event that's put on by Disney called Star Wars Celebration. It's a big fan convention. Uh, it's often in Anaheim, California, and, and then in off years it's elsewhere uh this year was in anaheim next year it's going to be in london on easter weekend which is a terrible timing for catholic star wars that is awful (laughs) uh but uh and they have all the stars and and then they have all the announcements and so i wanted to go through some of the things that they announced and all the stuff that we've been expecting and the first up coming up in august is going to be the long-awaited Andor series, following Cashin Andor, the the hero of Rogue One, following how he. I, my understanding is, is it follows how he gets into the rebellion, and it's this is a multi-season uh, story that I right. is my understanding, and uh, so in our first the the first season, it's going to be Cashin's entry into the rebellion. We're not going to see K2SO until the second season, unfortunately. That was my big thing. Oh, man. <laughs> and then they they also dropped a trailer. So f- just for, for first, for, talk about that. What do you guys think of this first uh, bit of announcement, the Andor series? Have you been looking forward to it? I mean, what have you been? This kind of went under the radar for me for a long time. Yeah, I think it's it's the same for me. I've I've been interested 
to see what they're going to do with it. But at the same time, I haven't really been too focused on it because it's very like I love Rogue One. But yes, what got Cassian into the rebellion wasn't interesting to me. Now, I have to add the caveat to that, that running the RPG with uh, the crew here <laughs> yes, and seeing, seeing Mon Mothma on screen in sort of that time period that I'm running them through. Yes. I'm super excited for that because that's going to give me lots of room to kind of add some things to, to spice that up. Oh, good, good. I Cause I'm hoping we get more of that story. Cause I'm kind of on tenterhooks of where it goes now. I want to find out what happens. Uh, yes. And, and, uh, the trailer was pretty awesome because we had uh, so much that was in there, including, I just have to mention the drum that the guy was playing the big metal, almost like a table. That he was banging, it was like a bell, which reminded me a lot of this an orthodox uh, log bang log with a hammer and log thing that they that I've seen in in one particular Eastern Orthodox monastery. And it kind of reminded me a lot of that. But uh, Mike, how about you? What did you think of the Andor announcement and or the trailer? I, that was not a pun. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like anything uh, Empire era. I, I I'm very curious of what the Empire looked like. I think that growing up uh, with the, uh, you know, being six, seven years old when episode four first came out and everything, uh, the the mysteriousness of where the Empire came from and how Palpatine came into power and all those things and how they've been answered in different ways. So anything that has like stormtroopers and the Empire's lurking mm -hmm. is just very nostalgic and very fascinating to me. Okay. How about you, Isabella? What did you think of the trailer? It looked like it's going to be a lot more of a grittier show than some of them. Yes, mm -hmm. it definitely looked gritty. And I'm wondering uh, how Cashin is going to, how he's going to be compared to what we see in Rogue One, where he's very cynical and jaded. Uh, so there was, so there's a little of that. So it looks like there's a lot of grit in in that as well. Uh, and in how he sort of becomes that way. Um, so good. Good. Uh, so, that's in August, so not too long away, not too far away. That's and that's the next the next thing after Kenobi ends that we'll be getting. Then we got a trailer for Bad Batch season two, which is also going to yes. be this fall. Uh, Bell, what did you think of that? The 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 season two Bad Batch season two, and Omega looks a little different. Yeah, she's yeah she's obviously older. Times pass, and also see that they've uh Bad Batch has upgraded their kit a bit. Yes. Yeah, they're they got a different look to their armor. They look a little more uh uh worn, battle worn. Uh it's mm -hmm. been, so obviously some time has passed. So that's that's what that looks. How about you Mike? What did you think of uh Bad Batch season 2? Once again, we're getting into early empire, you know, they're they're dealing with uh we saw them kind of encounter this new strange stormtrooper uh, you know, thing mm -hmm. that yep. they yes. in the last season and <laughs> and and basically the phasing out of the clone troopers, which is really uh, such interest to most Star Wars fans. Why did they? Why did they not stick with clones? What was the reason? And then mm -hmm. you see, you, you started to see the, um, I don't know what you call it, racism. But basically, they didn't. Clones were looked down upon. They weren't as good. There's something wrong with you if you're a clone. You're defective. Um, and how that was coming about. So it'll be interesting to see how that story continues to develop. Right. Right. Thomas. Yeah. And then I, I like in this one 
being a fan of the video games that the it looks like the republic commandos are going to make a, a much stronger appearance uh mm. in this one because there's a whole scene I mean, there are so many easter eggs in yeah. <laughs> this uh trailer i haven't even had time to pick it all apart yet <laughs> i, I was all. stepping through some of the frame by frame a little bit on that one because bad batch is probably apart from in the in the anime stuff it's the one i'm look, most looking forward to and mm, definitely uh we i think we saw gungi the wookie padawan uh mm-hmm. who we saw from uh in in clone wars uh, we also saw the Emperor making some kind of announcement. Yeah, I'm wondering if he's going to announce the phasing out of the clones in favor of the Empire. In favor of the Stormtroopers. Troopers. Yes, that could be yeah. it. That that's that could be a big one too. Because, and and then that raises the question: what's what's Crosshair's uh, story arc going to be? Is he is he ever going to get redeemed? And uh, is you know or is he coming back? And and then there's the whole unresolved that the mountain that they were at where the cl- the cloning sort of stuff was going on. And is that connected to what's going on in the Mandoverse and Grogu? And there's a lot there's a lot that needs to be. And, and I noticed that a lot of what they showed in this trailer, they they tend to take stuff from just a couple of episodes. Right. Most of it. <laughs> so they're not giving too much away. Yeah, it didn't look like they were they they were definitely uh, playing their cards close to their chest on this one. And e- even even though there is so much in in the the trailer, just looking at the trailer, you have to pause almost right. every other frame, like you were saying, go frame by frame to figure out all the stuff that you're seeing. Yep. Another one. This was an unexpected dro- uh, drop. Was t- something called Tales of the Jedi. Bella, you were telling me about this. What is the format that they're going to be doing with this one? Yeah. So they're going to be doing like short arcs of about three episodes dedicated to each Jedi. So each story is about a particular Jedi, their early life, how they came to be, where they are when they enter the main story. Interesting. Yeah, so we, we learned that we're going to have a, the story of Ahsoka, how she became a Jedi, and then we're going to have Dooku, which is, so we're going to get light and dark. And we're mm. going to get Qui-Gon as both Padawan and Knight. And I heard, uh, I read that Liam Neeson and his son are playing Qui-Gon at different ages. Oh, so. that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. Yes. You, you uh, can't replace that voice. No, no. Well, no. Aslan lives. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I know, well, I'm jump, jumping ahead here a little bit, but yes. I'm, I'm, I'm itching to see him in Kenobi. I'm yes. like, it's gotta, it's gotta happen, and they, I know they, they teased did that it a couple tease. times. Yeah. Yeah, but yes, <laughs> I, I, I could feel that coming. The, it's, it's, I feel it coming in the force. Uh, you, you, you anticipate <laughs> exactly. Disturbance. <laughs> yeah, there was a bit of disturbance in the force. So that's coming this fall, and it's only going to be two stories this time. So it's going to be just six episodes of two different Jedi. Uh, and there was a description of it. I think Filoni called it. They're like tone poems. Uh, in mm. in in style, so uh, I thought that That's was cool. interesting. Yeah, yeah th- this is probably the announcement that I'm most looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, then uh, one that a lot of people are looking forward to is Mandalorian season three, February 2023. We got some hints. We're going back to Mandalore. Uh, Bo Katan's going to be back, of course. We're going to get everybody's back. Everybody's coming back. <laughs> you just assume everybody's going to be there that you expect to be there. Boba Fett and, uh, and, and um, Fennec Shand and, and the whole the whole gang. Uh, in fact, they showed a trailer at Celebration, but they haven't released it yet. And some mm-hmm. of the descriptions said well, we see we see Grief Karga. We, and so uh, it should be very interesting. What do you, I'm intrigued what, at a couple of things on yep. this one. I, I, I'm wondering how they're going to handle the Cara Dune issue and, yes. and just writing her out. 
I'm I'm also wondering uh, how much they're going to be able to get away from people needing to see Boba Fett before going into this, because they've been trying to say Boba Fett wasn't Mandalorian season 2.5, but it was Mandalorian <laughs> season 2.5, you know, right. it really was. <laughs> how are you going to explain, uh, you know, Grogu not being with Luke if you don't, if you haven't watched mm-hmm. it? Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, I suppose you could do it in a, in a couple lines of dialogue, but yeah. How about you, Mike? What do you what did you think of Mando season three? The announcement. What are you looking forward oh, to? I'm, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I'm 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 all Grogu. I, I mean, I'm not going to try <laughs> to pretend to be cool and like I'm really looking to see what kind of ship he might build to get next, you know, or something <laughs> crazy. I'm you know I I really you know enjoy that. Uh, I want to see the they, child. <laughs> I want to see the child. Just show me the child. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's there's different things that I'm curious to see how he learns with the dark saber progresses um and how he goes i mean he's obviously in 2.5 you know shifted from being uh a bounty hunter uh big at big time he's more of a you know the one man a team you have a problem you need someone that can help (laughs) yeah you want to exactly so that you know but just to see, you know, how his story goes. I, I, I love his story. I very much, yeah. you know, enjoy his style. His he's like Clint Eastwood in a in a yes. in a Boba Fett costume. It's just yes. fun. He is the man with no name. Mm-hmm. So uh or no face in this case. So we've got so we got Mando season three. I I'm trying to I I I know we gotta rush through this because we're gonna get to Kenobi, but uh there's one more series that I we I want we can spend a few minutes on, which is the Ahsoka series, which has started filming. It will come out in 2023 and has been described as the return of Star Wars Rebels. Yes. Uh, we, we know that Sabine is in it. What we've been told is, and again, this is another one that got stuff uh, shown at Celebration that they didn't release to the public. But what we've been heard is, is that Hera is in it. Uh, Chopper is in it. The Ghost will be in it, which is awesome. And that... Ezra is in it that they showed that that mural from the end of the of the series with Ezra standing in front of it to, with his back to the camera. So um, what do you think, Bella? Uh, I think it's going to be awesome. <laughs> and I'm definitely looking forward to it a ton. Yes, because th- these are some of your favorite characters yeah, of all. I I find a lot of them as like role models. Right. Especially Sabine. Mm. Yes. I'm so excited that she's coming to live action. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. I, I What we don't know is the story, what it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be the return of Ezra. Lots of speculation. It's got, I mean, we had the mention of Thrawn in the Mando season two. So is it going to be about Thrawn? And, and then I saw some people saying that they think that Thrawn will be played by Jason Isaacs, which would be an interesting choice. Hmm. I, I'm not sure why you wouldn't have Mads Mickelson. Is it Mads or his brother? Um, I can never keep straight which is which. Lars, I think. Wait, I don't remember which one is. I think Mads played Jen, uh, uh, Galen Erso, and whichever one, anyway, whichever Mickelson brother uh, did the voice of Thrawn in the in the animated. Uh, that's what a lot of people have assumed, but some people have said Jason Isaacs, which would be an interesting choice since Jason Isaacs was the Inquisitor in <laughs> Rebels, right? Uh, so, kind of a huh. funny. We'd be a funny switch. I I I just don't think I don't feel like that that's going to happen. Uh, I, I'm holding so quiet about it. I'm like, yeah, 
<laughs> I'm, I'm really impressed that they've the been as quiet in the room. <laughs> no one's addressing the throng in the room, right? <laughs> That's right. So, uh, and again, we're going to get that in 2023, probably mm-hmm. later in 2023, not early. They're going to give us some space between that and Mandalorian season three, I think. Um, Do you have any? I mean, this may be way too early to speculate. I'm I'm very used to Thrawn in the in the in the novels that I mm-hmm. listen to, you know, because they're so great to yep. listen to the audiobooks and where he's more of a hero. You know, this, he's hmm. and, and then you have the Thrawn in Rebels, who's definitely not. A, he's he's similar in his personality and his use of artwork and things like that. But he's definitely a bad guy that you you don't like. Right. So I'm curious of if they're going to try to blend those two. Am I listening to a lot of legends that are are really not true so it doesn't really matter you i think a lot of it you are because they haven't released too much about him in the new canon um there there is a small bit about him right but the other thing about thrawn is it's always about perspective because the stories are typically told from his side when it's about him uh so if it's a, a book that centers on him it's about him being a war hero and you you tend to forget in that that the people that he's fighting against are the rebels that we've been cheering for <laughs> yeah, for right. decades. <laughs> right, right. right. It's, yeah, it's, it's very interesting in that perspective how they do that. In the newer Thrawn novels that Tim, Tim, uh, Timothy um, Zahn wrote in the last few years, he's very much the hero of those books. But those also take place before all the time being spent in the Empire. And so that's going to change him, mm-hmm. that those that 20 some odd years or whatever it was that he was in the Empire. And so it, that's the big tension for me. Yeah. In the books, especially the newer ones, which are the ones I've read, there's often the fine line of perspective and who he views as the enemy and what his true goal is. What does he view as right? Because in the books, his view of right tends to be more of whatever benefits my people most. And his people aren't the Empire, they're the Chiss. Right. So if if whatever's happening in the Ahsoka series is about benefiting the Chiss, especially given that the Empire is gone. That could change things a lot. Yeah. 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 So uh, just to round out the announcements, uh, they said that there will be a volume two of Star Wars Visions, the anime series. (laughs) I'm super excited about that. That's yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not much else about that. Even who is making it which studios uh probably so the same ones i would assume uh they announced a new series called star wars skeleton crew which also is coming in 2023 starring jude law but featuring kids so it seemed at a slightly younger audience than the adult series um, well i would i be careful there because apparently they're not oh uh, they're featuring child actors but the series itself is still in that older tone the tone that we've had for mandalorian okay and that was one of the things that they announced i actually watched the announcement for this because i wanted to make sure that i understood what was going on with it and they were saying that while it does feature uh the the kids as actors it is still very much an adult show and might even actually push some boundaries past what we've seen in star wars already oh okay when they say kids maybe they mean like teens and that sort of stuff then it's it's supposed to be 10 years, 10 year olds. But I think what they're oh. doing is trying to take it. I, what it sounded like is they're trying to take the concept of the Ewok movies, but uh-huh. making it not teddy bears. Right. So, oh. you know, there, there are some parts of that movie that are really scary where they're dealing with the monsters and, uh, right. and uh, the giant that they have to oh, go and I face. Remember. And so I think they're trying to pull <laughs> more of that in and give oh. this sense of these these 10 year old kids lost in this really scary world that they have to kind of grow up through that- 
that sounds a lot like Stranger Things then. You know, when, mm-hmm. when yeah, I think that might be where they're going. In an adult situation. Oh, okay, okay. Then um, the other one that's definitely for kids is Young Jedi Adventures. And that's, they said, is aimed at pre-K and early grade school uh, and set in the High Republic. So, uh, and that's all the announcements I saw. So some notable things that are missing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thomas, yeah. you, you no mentioned movies. in our Slack group, no movies. That yeah. had been, they had announced movies in the past. Uh, they they had mm-hmm. mentioned that Taika Waititi was developing one. They mentioned that uh, there's a Rogue Squadron being developed by Patty Jenkins, uh, but no mention of any of those, which was interesting. Yeah. Well, in in this recent Vanity Fair article that they they talked about, you know, one of the things that they kept hammering was the rebellion will be televised. That was their right kind of mantra for it. So I I don't know if it feels like, especially with Kenobi being as cinematic but also ready for tv as it is that they're really finding a lot of value in being able to invest in this space because they've pushed the technology so far forward and they can do so much on a smaller budget uh Mm. and you know kenobi just shows that it's amazing the capabilities that they have right we'll get into in a minute i'm sure (laughs) yes yeah any other thoughts on these announcements mike or isabella nope one more i'm looking forward to the um the new Jedi survivor uh, game that's oh, coming out. Yes. So this is the sequel to the Jedi fallen order. Right. Uh, that was really just a smashing success. Uh, everybody loved that game. I, I haven't played it yet personally, but knowing that there's a, an actual sequel to it and even having had the game spoiled by the countless reviews, of it, <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting fallen order and then uh, following up with this one as well. It looks it's, amazing. It's EA, right? That's electronic arts. Does yes. It, mm-hmm. uh, that's why I'm, I'm rooting for Apple to buy electronic arts because we can get all those games <laughs> on the, on the Mac. So that's, but that's on secrets of tech. We'll talk about that there. Uh, all right. So let's get into our, uh, the 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 marquee event here. This is we're going to talk about Kenobi, and we're going to talk about parts one and two. They released both the first two episodes of the six uh, at the same time on uh, early. Actually, they released them early Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening, I think, uh, East Coast time, mm-hmm. Thursday afternoon, West Coast time, uh, something like that. Anyway, uh, we all got to watch it, you know, uh, uh, all together the two episodes together. So let's get into the the story. It's it starts ten. Well, it doesn't start ten years later. It starts with Order sixty six. Uh, right. There was some criticism of not warning people, like even putting up a, like a content warning just before it starts, given the events in Uvalde, Texas, just before. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, showing the 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 massacre of the younglings is a yeah. That's a hard thing to for some people to 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 watch right after seeing the news like that. So I get that. Um, but in any case, I think it's a vital scene, uh, mm-hmm. even though we don't know why it's vital until in, in these first two episodes. But so we have the, this Jedi master, she's teaching the, these, she's leading the kids in a class, clone troopers come in, start shooting. And then um, eventually the, uh, the master and the other Jedi Knights are cut down and just the younglings are left and trying to figure out what to do. What did you think of this scene? And what do you think is going on here? Because I have my, I have my thoughts. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think there's been a lot of speculation about it, which is good um, because it's a very, it's an impactful scene to open with. Mm-hmm. And so it's got to mean something, uh, which I think, uh, you know, we'll talk about as we go through, but my thoughts on the scene too. Uh, first off, it feels like the thing you get at the beginning of a star Wars ride which mm. is, is is not a criticism. It's actually 
great because you feel like you are being drawn very much into the story by watching this. So it's almost like that first segment of one of the, uh, you know, the rebellion right or right. Uh, the 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 red the resistance yeah resistance that's one uh so it feels like that that drawing in which was excellent and the choreography for this jedi completely different from anything we've seen yes for other jedi and it was perfect i loved the way that she fought the the way that she was deflecting the bolts by actually being aggressive with throwing them back was awesome it felt so tactile and very much like what i would like a jedi's fight scene to be like seeing the the camera fly through it that that is what it felt like in the ride like if you were in a ride that's how you how you would kind of fly through the scene with them you're part right. of it mm-hmm. what did you think mike i i have some strange observations uh one one of the things that i recently watched on youtube is uh and i don't know if any of you guys saw it was the ineptitude of stormtroopers shooting being explained <laughs> by the force. Okay. Uh, that, that the, that the force was with Han, Luke and Leia and Chewbacca on the death star, which is really like a big part of where the stormtroopers get their bad shooting. Cause they just, they were down hallways and they couldn't seem to hit anything. And these two, uh, clone troopers come in and they got like 10 kids and the Jedi and they just shoot like, <laughs> perfectly right through them two three shots <laughs> yeah. until she starts like opens up her lightsaber and starts flicking i'm like wow that was just i mean that was amazing oh, i was <laughs> like yeah it was so hard not to hit anything and th- that was just one of the first things it's like oh it's already started like they can't you know and and but at the same time they're in the jedi temple at the, at the very mm-hmm. least you might think that some of it was the force that was with a particular certain Jedi's like this one, where she lasted a certain amount of time uh, with everyone shooting at her like that. Right. Um, she, she even seemed to take out one more uh, clone trooper after she got hit once right. uh, mm-hmm. with her fatal wound. So it was, it was you know really amazing because that saved those younglings to run down the hallway. So yeah, I, I, I was clueless. I was kind of enthralled with everything. So I had no idea or no thoughts on what does this mean? Who, who, who are those kids? You know, um, I'll wait for you guys. I, I have ideas only because I've seen some things. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious to what you guys have to say about it. Bell, what did you think? Uh, well, I think it really helps set the scene and convey again, if it might have faded, the exact horror of what happened. Right. The horror and trauma that Obi-Wan experienced. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think you're right. That's a I think that's a key element to this series is to set Obi-Wan where he is 10 years after the events of Order 66 in deep in the trauma. He is traumatized. He is shell-shocked, you know. He is a mm-hmm. a war veteran who has not been treated for his his uh battle fatigue as they used to call it. Um I think you're right. It it really by taking us back to Order 66, it reminds us of the tra- the la- the trauma that that Obi-Wan received in, the, in those moments. Yeah, I think that's a big part of all of this to to see um the shell of the man that's left 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Uh and just to kind of think about 
when we don't often think about how these people seem to like, you know, episode four, was that one day? That was a long, that was a long day. I don't remember <laughs> right. anyone sleeping. Right. You know, like he, he woke up looking for R2-D2 and he went to bed. <laughs> I blew up the Death Star. I mean, that was a great day. But, you know, so you kind of like, that's a lot of trauma. Like how did, you know, Luke had no time to mourn his aunt and uncle, those kind of things. So now we're seeing 10 years later and, you know, I'm sure you're going to get into it, Dom, but just the different things about him uh, that some people are comparing to Luke in episode eight, you right. know, that he was kind of scared or just dejected. I don't, right. I don't think mm-hmm. that's, that's characterized at all. I think it's very different for him. Right. But you know, there's a, there's a very different than the confident, you know, hello there, you know, Obi-Wan yeah, right. that we saw <laughs> very at the much end so. of, uh, yeah. yeah. The end of revenge of the Sith. Well, and I love the fact that they've given him space. And it's really interesting because you have a character here who's appeared in uh, uh, the the whole frame. We know his whole frame, right? We know his basically most of his beginnings. We know his end. And what we're seeing here is a middle portion of his story. And he was already a pretty well self-actualized character by the end of uh, the, the prequel movies. And when he fights uh, Anakin something breaks and so he almost goes through an opposite uh character development arc there and so now what we're seeing is the arc that he's going to go through to bring us to the wise uh master in the hero story that luke has and we see him at the beginning of that journey and it's very clear that he's a different person than either of the two versions of him that we've seen so far. And you and McGregor does such a good job of, of conveying that on screen and of, uh, you know, I, I, there's a lot of internal references just to remind us that he looks worn down or broken, but he, it's clear from the acting and from the, the way that he's presented that he's not the same guy that he was or will become. And the way they structure the early part of this story, where he, we have him going through the routine, the drudgery, we see him do the same things in his his day at the meat packing mm-hmm. plants <laughs> in the middle of the sands of Tatooine, and with him taking a piece of meat and folding it up and putting it. Like, it's the same drudgery every day, and that's become his life. He went from being Jedi Master Obi Wan Kenobi in the temple on on Coruscant to. Guy on the outer rim, just making his way, earning his pennies, and just keeping his head down. And mm-hmm. how far the money have fallen. <laughs> I'm really surprised they didn't call it Ben Kenobi. I think that would have been a really like <laughs> way to say this is a different man. This this is the story of Ben Kenobi. Uh, but but if they can't, I'm yeah. going to get into yeah. I think yeah. that's that's going to be a very important part, especially as we see. The, the story develop here because I was not expecting where they took it in these two episodes right. and where, where they did closes so many loopholes and makes for an excellent argument about why they called it specifically Obi-Wan and not I knew you ben guys Kenobi. were going to say that. I'm like, I'm probably missing something, but it's I just think Ben Kenobi would have there. been such a good thing. I, I think the other, the other thing I have to say here before, before we go on is my son ribbed me because we were, uh, we were watching this one and he looked at me and he said, Hey dad, you finally got your slice of life. Star Wars here. <laughs> That's right. You're <laughs> always like, talking about that. <laughs> it's, I'm always talking about that. Here it is. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and, and, and we have to keep in mind too, that Yoda sent him to with Luke. He said, and said, while you're out there watching over Luke Skywalker, 
you you need to be communing with the force and learning to contact, mm-hmm. learning from Qui Gon, contact Qui Gon, and learn how to do all that stuff that Yoda learned in season six of Clone Wars about how to become a Force ghost and commune with the force and that sort of thing. And so you, we see him struggling with this. He's got the nightmares of of the events of the the fall of the Jedi, and he's got the uh, uh, calls out to Qui Gon at several points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking that the nightmares are also a way of indicating the post-traumatic stress he's suffering from. Mm-hmm. Right. That's definitely true. Yeah, it's coming out in this. And I had to keep reminding myself of the of where, where he is and what he knows and doesn't know. He doesn't know that Anakin is alive. Right. He, you know, and there's and, and I had to remind myself of like with the other characters, Leia only knows him, and we'll get, to, I am kind of jumping ahead. Leia only knows him as Ben. He's not Obi-Wan Kenobi. And remember, mm-hmm. in A New Hope, she never gets to meet him up close. Leia, you know, she only sees right. him way from far away just as he dies. So uh, that we that's one of those things I have to keep reminding myself, what people know and what they don't know at this point. And mm-hmm. now, that's, a, that's key. Another other thing, now, Thomas, you tell me if I'm wrong, but they missed another big opportunity when he was trying to get her to come with him out of the cell she was in, he should have said, I'm your only hope. <laughs> and I, and, and I that would have been such a nice homage. I have a feeling they're going to get there because that's, I was really struck by that whole second episode, the interactions that they have. And you notice he never mentions his actual name. That's right. That's he what says I'm saying. that he's Ben. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, she doesn't know. And, and the way she's talking to him, it, she keeps saying he's not a Jedi. She says that she'd heard all the Jedi were dead. So I can imagine Bail Organa sitting her down and saying there's there are these great men that that existed they they kept order in the universe and one of them was anakin skywalker one of them was uh obi-wan kenobi and so that's what she's expecting is a name like that like a name like you you know like we would think of like if someone was saying a saint you know a saint's name and and then they said well my name's joe and it's like (laughs) okay you know that's that's not really a saint's name so you know where where are we going with this yeah and then that's what i think she's feeling for there and it was great that he's describing you remind me of someone who well your mother but i can't tell you that <laughs> yeah. and, right. what's wrong you seem upset well i just found out that your father's still alive and i didn't kill him like i thought i did right you know, i mean you can't say those kind of things and nobody knows that anakin is alive at this point even bill and others they only know of darth vader that's another important thing is mm-hmm. to the to the galaxy Anakin is dead, and that's that's another important point. Um, when you talk about the, the cell opening, I, I know we're jumping ahead, but why not? Why not? Uh, I was waiting for her to go, you're a little tall for a kidnapper or something on those lines. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. Oh, I, I missed that uh, idea, too. That's fed, great. Fed service. Always getting <laughs> the, yourself the captured. The army comment, though, was almost had exactly yeah. the same air. <laughs> yes, where's the where's the army? <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> that was good. Sassy whenever she gets rescued. So, uh, so let's talk about the Inquisitors. The, we're on Tatooine, and we see this scene where the Grand Inquisitor, who we we know from Rebels, this in this case played by Rupert Friend, and does a really good job of it, I think. Uh, and the fifth brother, who's also we saw in Rebels, and now a new character, the third sister, also known as Riva, uh, hunting Jedi. They go into this bar, and they basically expose this young guy, um, Nari as a Jedi um, and, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the grand inquisitor has this great line that we, we don't have to hunt the Jedi. The Jedi hunt themselves because they can't help 
helping other people. And that made me think of when, during the persecutions of the Romans, of the Christians, how, mm-hmm. you know, the Christians exposed themselves because they couldn't help but be Christian and do Christian things and proclaim the love of God and, and praise Jesus and do all these things that expose them to the persecutions and the martyrdom. And, and so I thought it was a very interesting parallel there. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily intentional on their part, but it's a, it gets at a truth that there's a truth in us that wants to come out and you just can't suppress it. And it, it, it just has to be seen a light. I, I like I them going in that back. direction. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I'd be oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to push, yeah, let me push back okay. before we get, before we go too far down uh, being really on it, because I think that the, the opposition to that is seeing um, Obi-Wan and the fact that he is having to suppress that yep. tendency, not because he's, broken and I, I think there's more to him than just being broken from what he saw it's that his responsibility is to keep luke and leia safe and that that's his entire right. mission at this point and so what you see with the jedi is actually an interesting problem of of an idealist that no longer has an ideal to serve and they can't keep themselves from helping because they have this ideal that they they that things are wrong and i'm going to fix them Whereas uh, and, and that's where I feel like it differs from the early Christians, because Kenobi's response is for a person. It's for helping a person. And so he's suppressing his desire to help his desire to fix things, his desire to see the world the right place, because he has this other purpose that he needs to to focus on. And I was really struck by that watching this, that that Nari is he, he can't help himself. He has to try. And, he's got the savior complex, right, where right. he has to try and fix the world, whereas Kenobi is doing the opposite, but not because he's fearful, more out of a sense of needing to keep anyone from knowing about uh, Anakin's children. Uh, I'll see your pushback and I'll add to it, which is even in the early Christians, there were some who who had to go out and be the martyrs. But mm-hmm. there were obviously many people who stayed home and took care of their families and, and, and didn't deny Christ, but they, they were not called to martyrdom. Uh, but you're right. I think Nari has a savior complex uh, in that case. I mean, we see him mm-hmm. kind of jumping out there like that. So I think, I mean, he's Obi-Wan's playing the long game, you know, like there's, there's more going mm-hmm. on here than just the right here and the now uh, he did. He did seem fearful in a sense of the way he was talking to Nari, like bury your lightsaber. It's over. We lost, you know, yeah. so it was it wasn't he wasn't really explaining uh, much. Uh, I think he just wanted the kid to, you know, want to go simmer down and not get himself <laughs> killed and not get him caught either. Right. Um, but it's also a common, you know, it's a common trope, you know, like we'll lure out Superman by getting Lois Lane. You know, I mean, it's, right. it's yeah. something that they do because the good guys are going to have to come out if you're going to do something like that. Right. Thus, we have, you know, the Reva. alias Ben Kenobi with the with the glasses so no one can recognize. No, he didn't wear glasses. <laughs> but, you know, he's yeah. he's got to be different so no yeah. one can recognize that he's really Obi-Wan. So uh, so we have this conflict in the Inquisitors between Reva and the Grand Inquisitor. She's impatient, impulsive, aggressive. She has this personal vendetta against Kenobi. And that's where the theory comes up about who, the identities of these younglings that this there's a tall uh, African American looking youngling um, among them who could be Riva 
as a youngling and she would probably, you know, so what would be your motivation? Why would she become an inquisitor? So she's force sensitive, obviously that would get, make her qualified and maybe just anger at Obi-Wan for abandoning the younglings for training Anakin to betray them, you know, or, you know, you're his master and you let him do this and, or whatever it would be. But I think it, that's my theory. Uh, and I know a lot of people have, it's not a, a unique theory. I know a lot of people come up with it, but what do you guys think of this idea that, that uh, I think she's gone. I think she's a step further. I think she wants revenge against Anakin and uh. she knows he's Darth Vader. And so she knows that because I mean, she's obviously she's shown that she's willing to use someone as bait. Mm. And I think that's what she wants is an audience with Vader so that she can get what is due her. That's the way she responds when she's asked what she's doing is that she can get her due. And she wants a chance to take on Vader herself. Oh, interesting. I bet that's where this is going to go. I'm, what, what I'm is, pretty is certain. Go? Grand Inquisitor also refers to her as having come from the bottom of the gutter. Uh, so perhaps she did escape the temple and ended up in the streets. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would, that would track. Yeah. I, I like the mm-hmm. idea that she's, her revenge isn't against Kenobi. He's just a tool to get to, cause she says, I want what I'm due. And mm-hmm. yeah. And the grand inquisitor thinks it's all just about getting, you know, power and, you know, mm-hmm. getting the, getting the raise and promotion from the boss. Uh, but no, she's, she wants something more. Uh, I like that. I'll be curious to see how that pans out. So uh, we see Obi-Wan watching over Luke. We only see Luke from afar. And I have a feeling we're, that's it we're going to get of Luke in this series. I think this is going to be about Leia, which inter- it answers that interesting question. Is how, are we gonna, how, is, how is Obi-Wan going to do his job in this series without revealing himself to Luke? That's because he's not going to be working with Luke. He's going to be right. helping Leia. Uh, but he does send Luke a toy, which is that little uh, uh, Skyhopper. Was it the... Um, I yeah, it's a T-16. T- it might there be a go. T-16, but it's a little, the fighter that he's playing with at A New Hope when he's uh, sitting there in the uh, in the garage while... So uh, he gets it to Luke eventually. Yeah, yeah. So he does eventually <laughs> get it back. Um, Owen rejects it and sends it back to him, and we get that line of, uh, the, the boy's going to have to be trained like he trained his father. Like, oh, that just, life goes in and turns. A little too soon. It's yeah. been 10 years. Give me a little <laughs> yeah, more. Yeah. Too soon, too soon. <laughs> Uh, and then we then we go to Alderaan. We we leave at Tatooine and we go to Alderaan, and we see Leia. Uh, she's precocious. She rejects the formality of the royal life. She wants to run in the forest. She's mischievous. Uh, her she she also gets told by her cousin that she's not a real Organa because she's adopted. Um, at which point, mm-hmm. Bale takes her side and says that everything that makes her an Organa is in her heart. Uh, so I've heard criticism of the casting of this. Of this actress, mm-hmm. um, I, she and she does read. I have a I have a nine year old. Okay, she reads younger than ten, much younger. She yes. looks like she's six. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. My daughter uh, said that too. She goes, "She's 10? Now, the <laughs> yeah. reality is, the actress was nine when they filmed it last year. So <laughs> she's just a small kid. <laughs> she's just which and, like, and, to be and, fair, Leia's small. Yeah, <laughs> Leia's short. You know, she's always you know. Of course, she was around super tall people all the time. You know, <laughs> right, Darth Vader yeah. and Chewbacca don't make you look exactly towering. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but so, uh, but there was also criticism of the acting. What did you guys think of the 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 actress, the little girl who played uh, Leia, uh, Thomas? What did you think? I I, I will. 
second watching, I liked her a lot better. Okay. <laughs> so I had I watched the episodes a second time. I liked her a lot better the second time. The first time I had some problems with her. Uh, in I think I'm I'm gonna say it for and it's, it wasn't just her actually. It was the the mom uh, figure as well. Uh, they both have to deliver a couple of lines of dialogue that are talking about Star Wars centric creatures, and so it's like it's so the mom says it's like raising. And I didn't catch what it was, but she it was an offhand comment of what of a wild animal that she was trying to raise. And then uh, Leia has to do the same thing. She'd rather be eaten by something. And I'm going to say Carrie Fisher is the reason Star Wars is what it is because of her ability to deliver the lines like, uh, you know, you're a scruffy looking nerf herder. (laughs) I'd, I'd rather kiss a Wookiee. And all of those feel perfectly natural. And like they came directly from someone who had an experience with that creature at some point in their life. Right. And it didn't happen with both of these, with both, both of the instances where it was done in this show. So I'm hoping that kind of evens out, but you know, it's an interesting <laughs> insight into the, the acting. Yeah. I, I, I could, I didn't catch it when I watched it, but I could see where that, yeah, where it feels like they're, they're delivering a line as opposed to just talking. And that's, that, that's mm-hmm. a big difference. Mike, what'd you think of the, the of this actress? I, I I usually don't have a lot of problems uh, with mm-hmm. child actors and actresses. I, um, you know, Lloyd didn't bother me in, uh, in the Phantom episode one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Phantom Menace. You know, I mean, he, he bothered me in the sense that they it's felt like a kid movie at the end with, you know, this is like pod racing. I'm like, oh, gosh, this is life and death. <laughs> but anyway, you know, meanwhile, like, you know, Qui-Gon's getting killed and he's like, Woo. Yeah. So, you know, that was a little bit Ewoky to me, but I had more of a problem. I mean, not to backtrack too much, but with Moses as Riva, I, uh, Moses Ingram, um, I, I, I don't know. I, she, she didn't come across as Star Wars to me. I mean, maybe because the other Inquisitors were just so cool looking and so otherworldly yeah. looking, alien and everything. And she just, I mean, just looked like, you know, just, a, a, a mad woman, a, a, an upset woman uh, that was upset with something. And, you know, it, it could have been that her taxi was late. I mean, it didn't, it just right. didn't come across to me as like there was something sinister or something really, I don't know. She could have been dropped out me. of any American city and. Yeah. Right. It just didn't. It, yeah. It wasn't, it didn't, wasn't convincing for me, whether it was the casting or her performance choice or whatever. That's where I was just like, eh, hmm. you know, yeah, it didn't hit me. But no, I mean, the the mother, I, I enjoyed the the probably because, you know, with you and Isabella, Dom and me and my daughter kind of thinking, oh, she's a daddy's girl. Yeah, of course. She is. You know, <laughs> yeah. Daddy lets her get away with stuff because that's what dads do. You that's know? what and we do. Yeah. That was kind of fun. You know? <laughs> yeah. But what do you think of Leia? I, I liked her. Yeah. She uh she had some spunk to her. I think yeah, we all kind of liked her when we watched it. I like the uh, spunk because I mean when you watch Star Wars, Princess Leia has this fire to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even when she's like got the older dignity and control, but the fire is much more evident because she hasn't learned to control it and keep up the royal face. I think that's actually the uh, one good thing they did was at least whether it's in the writing or the directing or even just in the actress is they did imbue her with some of that fire. And it wasn't like over the top, you know, like mm-hmm. too obvious, but there you could see the roots of Leia's, 
you know, fiery spirit in her. So I um, enjoyed her comeback to her cousin. Uh, <laughs> yes. Regardless, yes. Of, regardless of how she knew that stuff or. So, or so there's my question. The force is she or, using the force? Yeah. Yeah. Is, I, yeah, yeah that's, that's we see, like, that there's was a really, few instances yeah. where she does that, like just very insightful thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, she does seem wise beyond her years in, a, in different ways and situational things and stuff. And that was. I thought just really cool. I there really was, like didn't know if she was going to run off and cry. And instead she just like, <laughs> so there was some out. criticism of this because it's like, well, Leia when in the, in the trilogy never showed any force powers. So why would she, well, we it's been established that kids are, have force sensitivities and, and intuitions young that if not developed fade in adulthood that can be regained if they mm-hmm. try, if they train, but, but they but they they fade as they grow. So you could see that this, that's how they end up finding younglings for the temple uh, in the first place. So I could see that. And I wouldn't agree with uh, she had no. I mean, I think hearing Luke in the end of Empire was, you know, a force thing. And it wasn't yep. just because mm-hmm. they were related and we didn't even know that at the time, but that she had some force sensitivity. Um, yep. So, yeah. Hey, with, with no promises, she convinced Han to stay with the rebellion. <laughs> that's right. I'm, that's a that, people yeah. don't give her enough credit for that. Yeah, know? yeah, that's because it wasn't Luke that told him we really, you know, we, it was kind of her sideways comment of like, oh, well, you're just gonna run off and do your own thing because that's the way you are. Right. That really nettled him into coming back. That could have been a a, a force intuition insight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you will undo these binders and drop your gun. so uh leia is kidnapped by mercenaries we we always say bounty hunters there's the generic bad guy in star wars but there's some kind of bad guys uh hired by reva to be taken to another planet as bait for obi-wan uh not because he knows or, or maybe she does but but where the implication is that she doesn't know that leia is anakin's daughter but that it's Bail Organa's daughter and uh, Kenobi was close to Bail Organa and will come out of hiding to help him. Um, But maybe if what you're saying is true, maybe she does have an inkling who Leia really is. That might be possible. It it wasn't, it wasn't apparent, but it was interesting as I was watching it. I'm thinking, why doesn't she make it easier for, to find her if he's trying to draw her out. But at the same time, (laughs) she had to be careful of, I need it to be a Jedi that has to do this. So it has to be hard enough to need a Jedi, but easy enough that he definitely will be lured. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like where he hides her. Um, obviously she, she was not in the room that he thought she would be in, but still, you know, to draw him out because you don't want just anybody like, you don't want to just like make a ransom and meet us here. And, and this is where she'll be. Right. And anybody might come, but hard enough that he would have to contact that only a Kenobi, Jedi could do Kenobi. Yeah, yeah, I need I need Kenobi for this because he'll be able to find her. Right. So that's what he does. Bail Organa. He calls Kenobi to get his help. Kenobi refuses over the phone. Uh, I, I, I <laughs> over have to, Zoom. I think it was a Zoom call. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a Zoom. <laughs> it, was, it was a Zoom hologram. I never yeah. agreed to anything over Zoom anyway. But you know, so but he refuses. I have to watch Luke. I can't. I I've, I have my duty. And Bill gets him. He says. You have a you have a duty to Leia too. Like she's also mm-hmm. your responsibility. Um, at which point I'd be like, "Well, where was Yoda? <laughs> it's yeah, his like, responsibility too. I'm not the only one." Anyway. But was it was it his duty or was it fear or trauma that kept him from agreeing to go? Combination, I'd say. Yeah, 
I feel like it was more like the latter, but with like he's telling himself that it is his duty because he doesn't he doesn't he wouldn't realize that it's fear or trauma. Right. He wants to believe that it's his duty that is that is keeping him there. I mean, it's one of the things that you could argue is that his presence is just as dangerous to Luke as him not being there. Yeah. You know, cause he's so afraid of being discovered and then they'll link it all to wait a minute, you know, uh, Anakin Skywalker had a family or whatever. Well, but, uh, yeah. so there's that. The, uh, there is the, 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 big, the elephant in the room, which is the problem that George Lucas created, which is you've Luke Skywalker <laughs> is living on Tatooine where Anakin Skywalker is from and was born around the time that Padme was pregnant. Like it, it's just, if you were to write this now, you would never have him called Anakin Skywalker. He'd be Anakin something else, or you'd change the names to hide him better. But like, why did yeah, they change Luke's Luke last Lars. name? Yeah. Luke Lars. Right. A little just, alliteration. Just like Leia Organa. So, but we we have the story that was written and that's what we have to deal with. It's all, you know, bow to it and move on <laughs> just <laughs> well but I, I don't i don't know that anybody really knows who luke is like it's not right I, I mean i guess i guess his friends have to eventually but by that time they're coping that it's just blown over or maybe it's a common enough name on tattooing that eh, that's the cares? other thing maybe skywalker's <laughs> like smith everybody's named right. skywalker <laughs> um, so uh, when luke refuses on the zoom call bail comes to tattooing personally which is a big deal because Alderaan is mm-hmm. in the in the, the core worlds. Tatooine is way out in in the booties, and he's got it. So he's coming all that way, and that's does Ken- I forget now. Does Kenobi agree before or after he sees the body of Nari, the Jedi that he'd sent away? Uh, I assume he agrees before. I think it was oh, yeah, after. I, I remember as I was watching it. Maria and I were going, okay, what's going to happen? What, what is it? You know, right. what, what is he going to see? What's going to happen that will, will make him decide. And he goes, digs up the lightsabers and takes off. And I think it was when he saw, uh, the young Jedi hanging Nari, okay. uh, in, in the, which was interestingly enough, not looked like he had a parachute accident rather than being hung, but <laughs> yeah. he was supported by the, 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 uh, the, the cross bridge thing there. Yeah. yeah the cross beam. Yeah. There, yeah, Disney is not showing people hanging by a noose. That's for sure. <laughs> so, um, so that, yeah, that's the thing that I think pushes him over the edge. He goes into the desert to dig up his lightsaber. I knew I left it around here somewhere. Like you know. <laughs> that, that was Jedi powers. I mean, that was about the only Jedi powers he showed. Like, how did he find the lightsaber? Maybe, maybe. I see. I, I don't know. know. Unless he had some sort be. of tracking system in there, I, I guess. Oh, you can you can do it by by you know landmarks. Like if you line up a couple of landmarks and you've got a, a lot of sand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It's, it's. Uh, well, I don't think it's force powers because I don't think he it he uses the force. He doesn't use the force at all until oh. that moment. I think he. Mm-hmm. In fact, when he's shooting the blasters in the next episode, when he's all the things he does, he does without the force until that right. moment. Um, and I, I want to talk more about it, why perhaps, and the consequences when we when we get there. But he does mm-hmm. dig up the lightsaber, books p- passage off planet, and then goes on board with a lightsaber swinging from his. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, wait. I, I'm even before that. Let's move yeah. back a little bit, okay? Yeah. You don't want to look like a Jedi. So what do you do? You throw on a brown robe with a hood. Yes. <laughs> Nobody else is wearing hoods. Just Obi Wan Kenobi. 
Right. Like dressed like a Tuscan Raider. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, no one will think you're a Jedi. Wear smugglers clothes, like or like look the Han Solo outfit or something. Right? I know. I know. Yeah, he's got he's got like when every kid shows up like in Halloween dressed like he was. It's like hey, hey Obi Wan, <laughs> <laughs> or at least a Jedi. Well, which is the irony is is that the Jedi of the prequels look the way they do because they wanted them to be recognizably Jedi and look like Obi Wan even though Obi-Wan was in desert clothes in, so it just, yeah. <laughs> it's retroactive. Uh, yeah. The circle is now complete. <laughs> it's, it's, like a, yeah, it's like a double retcon. So that's where we ended uh, episode one. Episode two is showing up at another planet, the planet Dayu. And I think we, it might be planet of the week here in, in these episodes. I don't know if we're going to get mm-hmm. a new planet every week. Uh, it's a sort of a, almost like the, the, um, uh, Las Vegas, of, Vegas, uh, sort of, uh, <laughs> or uh, so you know, the place in Japan, the the Chihabara district. It, uh, I forget what it's called, but there's a district in Japan that has all the fluorescent and all that sort of stuff, and that's what it looks like. Uh, nice touch, the clone trooper begging Temamor Morrison uh, mm-hmm. as the the clone trooper, uh, you know, begging begging for some money, which was a shocking moment for Obi Wan because. <laughs> seeing a clone trooper right. order 66 yeah also yeah. the fact that he was from the 501st unit which obi-wan was very mm-hmm. familiar with was it a 501st tr- clone trooper yeah uh there were blue stripes on his armor oh that's a touch i didn't notice very good yeah that's uh that would be even more so in that the guy didn't recognize him um and then we have uh haja el estri this fake Jedi <laughs> con man uh, played by uh, uh, um, Kamel Nanjani. That's right. I can't keep trying to say his name. He's, right. Kamel oh, man. He's so great. And it was so like good. This, it was flawless. The The way he played him and first off, the character was awesome. But then the way that he put him together, because uh, he can do smarmy so well. Oh, and yeah. He just really <laughs> pulls it off. <laughs> so I saw Kamel Nanjani on uh, Twitter uh, this weekend, and he was talking about how he and his brother used to were our big Star Wars fans. Every, you know, it's of an, of an age, and he and his brother used to compete to see who had all the most action figures and the best ones. And he's like, "I win. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Star Wars. <laughs> I have become." <laughs> so, yeah, beat this, dude. so he's conning. I people. am an action figure. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> he's conning people. He's taking their money, but he is. As he says, he's getting them the you know delivering what they asked for. He's just getting money from them, and then mm-hmm. he later on he's he helps Obi Wan. He he does this crazy thing by saying I'm a Jedi and offers himself up to an Inquisitor, which could get him killed. Why? What is it like? Why does he do that if he's just a con man? I I, I I'm curious what you all think of what's going on with him. I just think that there's more to this character than we thought. I mean, mm-hmm. he, yeah. he seemed like just a con man. Uh, which was a great idea, by the way. I mean, yeah. it, like that, that. This is we finally see somebody saying, you know, like you know, like some sort of voodoo, whatever. I'm going to pretend to be a fortune teller, whatever that we see all over the world. Right. People trying to tap into the spiritual, and finally we get somebody who pretends to be a Jedi. Yes, you know, and he's mm-hmm. got all the magnets and the things, and he opens <laughs> the windows and stuff. It's great. Like my siblings and I have put magnets in gloves and pretended to use the force. <laughs> yeah, it's, and the magnets yeah. always fell out. All kids do that. <laughs> they try to do the force with the magnet leaves off. Yeah. Um, what were you going to say? Something else about that? Oh, I, so I was going to say, I think one reason why he offers himself up is because everyone wants to believe there's something good left in the galaxy. He's mm. He thinks all the Jedi are gone and that 
there's no harm in pretending to be one. And he realized that there is something true, something worthwhile and ideal left. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the seeds of the rebellion, isn't it? You know, in the sense of that there's this hope still out there 10 years after the empire began that's starting to bubble up. Mm-hmm. Well, and he belongs to a group. So, you know, it's not that he's he's not just shipping people off planet. He's actually sending them somewhere. And right. apparently it's something that it, that we're going to see. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping we get more information about it as we go through the rest of the season. But it looks like that's where he's sending uh, Obi-Wan and Leia. Right, right. True, true. So maybe he's I mean, he likes the money, you know, it helps. But it's also a way to get people to where you're saying, Tom, that he wants them to go. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, if I'm a pretend I'm a Jedi, they'll trust me so I can get them to the safe place. Right, right. And I will point out that if you want people to do stuff for sure and to show up, charge them some money and they'll yeah. actually be there. <laughs> people won't believe you if you don't charge them money. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, so Obi-Wan ends up rescuing Leia by uh, pulling a breaking bad and infiltrating a drug lab. It's almost like an episode of Miami Vice. I'm sorry. I'm dating myself. Uh, and uh, he he defeats the kid. So he fights the bad guys, not using the force. Again, there's no sense that he's using the force in any of this fighting. Uh Stops the kidnappers by throwing spice in their face, the spice that this um, kid had given him in the street. And... Uh, and and uh, gets her out of there. Of course, we have that scene where she um, thinks that he's a bad guy and it whacks him one as he comes into the cell and that sort of thing. Uh, but um, so so he rescues her and then gets her, gets her outside. And then when they start to like um, the kidnappers disseminate his his uh, information, put everybody in the lookout for mm-hmm. him, the bounty on his head. She Leia sees this and realizes that she was bait for Kenobi. And for mm-hmm. some reason, this makes her distrust him and run away from him. I, I thought that was kind of odd that well, that she yeah. thinks he's a bad guy. I think it was amazing that she figured that out. I was just started, you know, like, oh, OK, I mean, that that was good. I, just let me go back real quick to his fighting. Yeah, I love the way they like he's rusty. He hasn't fought anybody mm-hmm. in a while. Yeah. I mean, the old Ben Kenobi would have lightsaber or not just easily handled right. these guys. And he had some trouble. Uh, so I liked how they had that obvious yeah. rust and, you know, using the force or not, he, he wasn't his old self. That's true. Yeah. But, but it was but interesting that this force. young girl would, would, would know, yeah. like would figure that yeah. out. I was, that was another intuitive kind of like, but you're right, um, Dom, I, why that's a bad thing. Yeah. Why that makes him a bad I, guy. I don't know. I think there's a difference between, I, I, just kind of tagging up on that. I think there's a difference between force powers yeah, and the force, the intuitive use of the force. Okay, and that's you see, like I mean, a man who's ten years out of practice being able to fight the thugs the way he did—that's obviously a Jedi's reflexes, right? That's kind of a, a different sort of thing. Like you've you've got this enhanced sense about you that you can see things at a, at a different level. Okay, and um, I think Leia has is exhibiting some of those same things, right? Where she's not using the force per se. But she's intuiting things that she shouldn't be able to as right. a, a person who's gifted in the force. And I, I hope they do more with that because they're they're actually if it's inadvertent, it's really interesting that they're doing it inadvertently. But they're designing this difference between just being aware of things because of the force and force and using the force as a force power uh, 
sense of things. And I think Han kind of fits into that really interestingly, mm. because there's a lot of situations where we see Han being so exceptionally lucky. Right. That it's unreasonable that he could possibly or or talking his way out of a situation that he's talked his way into. Yes. And it's impossible that he could that that could that it could come about that way. But that's Han, you know, and so I think we'll get more kind of delving into that without really revealing the mystery. I hope that they kind of yeah. plow, plow that field a little more. So then we get this. Oh, did you have something uh, you want to say? So I was going to think, say about why Leia would mistrust Obi-Wan Kenobi. She's a, she's only 10. She's right. all alone mm-hmm. on this planet and she's rescued by this guy. So, you know, you think you trust him, but what if he's just another bad guy who also wants her for money? That's true. What if that's, her, those are her father's bounty hunters who are trying to get her back. What you can't, you're all alone in somewhere you've never been. You panic. Like when I'm a kid and I got lost in the Museum of Science, I panic. I didn't know what to do. I ran around. (laughs) Which is precisely the opposite of what I told you to do. You should have used the force. You should use the force. You should have used the force. Actually, I did go to like a grown grown up and get help. You did go to a grown up and ask for, yes, ask for help. So, which is, which is good. And and that's, you're right, actually, that she has no reason to believe that he's just not just another kidnapper trying to take her from the first kidnappers and, and use her. And she's never been off planet. That was another thing she said uh, earlier that mm-hmm. uh, she's excited to be off planet. That's true. Uh, we can save this till later, but it's, it's just interesting as we're talking about this. And you, when you brought up Han Tom, it made me think about it the things about Kenobi that we can know from what he says and does in a new hope. Uh, and one of those is in my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Mm-hmm. Right. So he attributes much like a, a, a good Christian would say, you know, there's no coincidences. There's just God incidences. You know, he, he sees the force working and everything. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and when, um, you know, Han says in my experience, you know, uh, this is, you know, a certain way and and kenobi just kind of has a smile you know and he puts right. the helmet on luke and just like well let me show you you know because right. he knows uh and he's got many more years of experience in all this um and he may have a little bit of insight into if not han specifically at least han type because he's been mm-hmm. around you know these guys on tatooine for how long so it's interesting to see if they're trying to bring back certain things like why does kenobi know there's no such thing as luck right so we 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 go to this uh, race and battle along the rooftops because Leia, for some reason, climbs to the roof to race to run away from him, and he's chasing after. Her, and the bounty hunters, including a Velociraptor man, uh, st- that was awesome. <laughs> that was so awesome. It's like they went to the. I think Mike Creevy said in our Slack, he's like, it's like they went to the prop room for Jurassic Park and grabbed a Velociraptor head. So this would be awesome. Let's do this. <laughs> I want more. I want more of them. Where are yes. they? <laughs> yes. Uh, so so he's simultaneously trying to avoid getting shot and sh- to shoot back while chasing after Leia uh, as she runs pell-mell over those rooftops. As we're thinking, she's running right into Riva. She must, she's probably running right for her yeah. the whole time because she's <laughs> watching from the rooftops. So how she missed it, I don't know. I don't, it must have been a well, different rooftop. Well, Riva's uh, too busy doing some parkour while, uh, <laughs> on the rooftops there. She's doing her thing. Um, and then Le- Leia tries to jump across this gap that's too far. And she falls and grabs onto the slime, which no kid her age would ever do. So that must be the force that helps her grab onto that line. Uh, that was un, un, uh, un, unlikely. And she's going she's going to fall to her death if 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 uh, Kenobi doesn't save her. And so he has to reach out to her with the force. And it's hard. It's 
presumably the first time he's consciously tried to use the force in 10 years and he had to strain to connect with the force again. And I like this, that we're really delving into what does it mean to, to commune with the force, to be one with the force, to use the force. It, it requires constant practice and meditation and work. It's not just something that comes naturally to everyone. I, I really like the fact that we're, that in the, in these intervening years, we've been really developing the idea of what it means to be a Jedi and to be a force user. Uh, so I really, I, 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 it was interesting to see that in this scene. Um, and it seemed like a turning point for him as well. Yeah, the only way they were going to draw him out. I mean, not that that was anybody drawing him out, but he was only going to be drawn out if he absolutely had to, and he absolutely had to. And it was also one of those, you know, uh, rare times when the Force is used to levitate a person. You know, usually, like, why can't Jedi fly? You know, you can do all this thing. They can jump. Argue about that. (laughs) They can jump really far, but they can't fly. It doesn't make sense. It seems like they should. And also, they don't seem to levitate, you know, other people all that much. You know, like, give you a force push so you can get a little further, whatever. Right. But he literally is, you know, levitating her to the ground, which right. is, you don't often see that. I do remember seeing it in uh, one episode of Clone Wars in particular. Uh, Anakin ends up blowing up a giant wall, and they toss the Captain Rex off the wall and then use the force to levitate him before he hits the ground. So right. he has a soft landing. Mm. Yeah. 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 So like they, so it's, it's, it's not, you don't see it too much. You don't see it in the first three movies uh, ever. And then, you know, and then some of the, uh, a lot of the cartoons and different things they've done it. But anyway, it was just one of those rare times. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they get chased to this unmanned automated cargo port. It was sent there by um, uh, Haja. The Astri, the the fake Jedi, and uh, so they go there. They're going to get on board because they can't get out of the regular spaceport. Um, and then Riva follows them there, and she tells Kenobi while she's you know stalking him among the the cargo in the in the room. She tells him Anakin is alive, which shocks mm-hmm. him, and he realizes. And and at this point, for some reason, he realizes Anakin is Darth Vader. Something reveals this to him that they're one and the same. Well, he already he already heard the name in the temple. Well, he knows that who Darth Vader is, but he, now he's connecting Darth Vader and Anakin that they are the same person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's that happens here at this moment. Are we sure? I mean, does did does he not know that he's calling himself Vader uh, when they fight? Is that not revealed to no. him on Mustafar? No, that's yeah, Mustafar. He never. Okay, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I don't remember one way or the other uh, that he calls himself that. So. But that was that was really a nice moment for Star Wars fans. The you know Obi Wan finding out that Anakin didn't die and is still alive, and that he's Darth Vader. Getting yeah. to see the that, that and what, what kind of pressure that was on Ewan McGregor. Okay, now mm-hmm. this is this is a moment. This is a gut wrenching, <laughs> huge moment. Uh, we're gonna really close up on you. You know, are you ready? Yeah, uh, to have that come out. And he did great. I mean, he's an excellent actor. Yeah. And I, I have to say that it was uh, it was a really interesting scene because they did build the tension very well. And I love Riva's lightsaber, yeah. the, the noise that it's making. And I'm super hyped to see that they're using those FX lightsabers to their full potential, because that's what she was walking around with was like an actual real blade that lights up and right. kind of has the noise inside of it. And uh, it, it changes the way the actors interact with them. And watching her do that was really cool added a lot of that tension like she was ready to use something that was really in her hand 
Yeah, it changed all. That's the the great thing about when they're making these new shows, whether it's the they're in the volume with the projection of this of Mm -hmm. the of what is the world, or they're using these props that feel and look like the real thing. I think it does change how the they act. And if they'd had this for the prequels, the prequels would have been a whole different thing. I mean, a lot Mm -hmm. of that wooden acting and wooden delivery was the 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 green screens and you know the the fake of it all. I mean, it just couldn't be helped. Uh, so, plus the dialogue. But, <laughs> but, uh, so the Grand Inquisitor shows up and stops Reva again. Like, how many times has she had Kenobi in her grasp and he literally by stopping her lets Kenobi escape? It's kind of a fascinating thing. And he basically assumes she's jockeying for power. She's trying to get his job, basically. And she sabers him through the middle. Now, he can't be dead because we see him mm-hmm. in Rebels. I'm not dead yet. I'm feeling better. <laughs> I think I'll go for a walk. <laughs> uh, he's only mostly dead. He's only no. mostly dead. <laughs> what, do you, what have you got to live for? <laughs> so, um, sorry. Darth Tom, Vader. D- d- yeah, too, too many... <laughs> <laughs> Too many movie references. Too there. many movie. Yeah, a lot of so uh, just a flesh wound. So that was very wild. That, that we get this. It was unexpected. I think nobody, mm-hmm. literally nobody, expected that to happen. Um, the nobody, expects, especially him. <laughs> nobody expects the Pierce Inquisition. Sorry, they're literally inquisitors. How can you help that? Yes. All right. Sorry. Sorry. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. So. Um, and so, but even while she's doing that, it lets Kenobi get onto the cargo ship. And you have this close-up of him saying, Anakin. And at that moment, we switch to the back to tank and Vader mm-hmm. waking up in the tank and then the breathing. Oh, my gosh. There could not be a better way for an episode to end. <laughs> now, do you get the sense that Anakin heard him? Is that, I, is that what we're supposed to? Like? That was yeah. I thought. Like, like it was like a forced connection, and he like woke up. Like, yes. he heard Kenobi say his name. I sent. I, I think he sensed Kenobi uh, thinking of him, like making that that connection. I mean, Kenobi calling gasp. out to him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think so. What do you guys think, what, Bella? Do you think that was? Yeah, I think it's quite possible. Yeah. I mean, uh, in Clone Wars. At moments of great distress, sometimes there was a connection. Yeah. It's a brother, right? You're my brother, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, uh, and that's where that's where it ends. But so, uh, when you that was Hayden Christensen. He got credited in the end oh, of yeah. the mm-hmm. episode. You know, he yep. showed his masked, partially masked, beat up face. <laughs> I don't think they're done with him yet, though. No, oh, no, think, no, 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 no. No, 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 that wasn't all. I have a feeling it's coming. <laughs> yeah, and I want to talk more about that in a sec. Um, any last thoughts on the episode before we? I want to get to talking about some of the critiques and some of what are we think's coming. But thoughts on the episode, I, Thomas? So I have two two really big things that I, I that I was struck by. First off, the diversity of the background characters was incredible. I, mm-hmm. I absolutely love the fact that this felt like an alien. Uh, star system right you know you had you had all sorts of really crazy weird stuff that didn't have a story it didn't need a story and that's the way that's the way the original was that was what was so great about the original and i think we lost some of that with the prequels where everybody kind of had their groups that they were with and so there weren't there weren't these just like random guys showing up that weren't part of some greater group of uh you know some some race of aliens that was part of the galaxy 
Uh, so I really love that. And then the other thing that I thought was really cool was I was really struck by the the fact that the Inquisitors are named some numeral and a daughter or a son. And I'm wondering how much of that is. And I would love to I hope that I hope they explore this. How much of that is Vader's naming of the Inquisition? Right. And he names them because he doesn't have his child. Because he doesn't know that they were twins, but he doesn't have his children and so he's replacing them with these others that he's pulled in right there as his surrogate children they're his children they are brothers and sisters they are they're kind of a family which mm-hmm. which anakin really never had he never had really had right. a family it's interesting to think about yeah i was going to mention the inquisitors i really liked the costume design uh mm-hmm. the design of riva was something i had floating in my mind for uh an inquisitor character of a similar design so when I saw that on screen, I was like, that's my design. I knew that <laughs> yes. that would work. It's got vaguely Vader overtones to it, doesn't it? You know, yeah, Inquisitor outfits. Yeah, definitely. I the one critique that I just I, I know what they were trying to do. I, I couldn't help but think of the Eternals uh, when I saw them first exit the ship and they're all standing very far apart in this kind of like formation. Right. Like we're here. Ta-da! Yeah. You know, and I was just like, uh, <laughs> it wasn't natural enough. Uh, you know, I mean, I think if you would have just kind of like kept moving and instead of like standing there for the awe moment, I, that that was a little bit too forced for me. Uh, yeah. And the and the and the wide berth of the three of them, kind of in that, it, I just thought that would you know, it didn't work. Um, right. But I love them otherwise. I mean, they're one of my favorite things. I, I remember them. Um, you know, from. Clone Wars and Rebels and wherever, whatever they were in. I, I apologize for yeah. getting things mixed up in my head. But, um, you know, they're round sabers on the back, you know, uh, all of them having those. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I really did enjoy them. But I just thought yep. that grand entrance fell flat for me. We did get to see the Grand Inquisitors rotating saber, which uh, mm-hmm. we remember from Rebels. That was yeah. I see awesome. struck down flea. <laughs> yes, yes. I remember the characters in Rebels commenting on the lightsabers a great many times. Right, right. Uh, Mike, did you have any other final thoughts on these episodes before we move on to that critiques? Was it. Okay, that was it. Bella, any other final thoughts we can uh, cover? Oh, uh, there was a background, new background Inquisitor, the fourth sister. Right, mm-hmm. right. The fourth sister. That yeah, she just looks cool. Yeah, she does look cool. And I'm guessing we're going to see more of the Inquisitors as we go. Um, so some critiques of of the episodes just to, to, to that people have brought up that maybe the jittery camera movement was a, yes. a little much at some time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I wonder if they didn't have like a failed uh, steady cam and they just didn't realize it until they got to editing and we're like, oh, well, there's nothing we can do about it now. <laughs> right. it's it, it, there's there's some points where it makes sense. So like in the beginning, when they're doing the, the run through the. um you know, the lightsaber fight with the, the with the clone troopers. It makes sense not to have the steady cam going. Yeah, we, we feel shaky. We feel like we're there. But then there were a couple of other times where it was like it was supposed to be a first person perspective, but it was shot over the shoulder and it was moving. And it it was just really jarring to me. Like it really took me out of watching what was happening. And, and I was like trying to watch why the screen was jiggling around the whole time. Right, right. Uh, so there was that one. There's been some people saying that uh, the Moses Ingram, they, uh, we talked about this before, some uneven acting from her uh, was not always convincing. Um, and then I the, mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I gave my critiques early. I'm sorry. That's fine. That's fine, that's fine. <laughs> and I critiqued the entrance. <laughs> and I, then, I um, think hers is going to, I think hers is going to be one that, that ties in towards the end, the way that like, uh, you know, Snape uh, always got that in the Harry Potter series. There, there right. were a lot of questions about why he was acted the way he was. And it was because Alan Rickman had the knowledge of the end right. before anybody else did. So he knew where that character was going and I, and I think we might, I'm hoping we might have something similar here where she knows where that character's going and what that character's aim is better than we do. I, I hope that's, I, yeah, based on the way you were saying before, I really hope that that's what the, what's going on. Uh, and then we talked about, like, some people consider Leia to be miscast, but, uh, you know, that the, the, the actress seems a little young. Yeah, she does seem small. <laughs> just really, I just keep saying that. Like, I have a small nine-year-old, and this, this one's even smaller. You could say the same thing, too, like, in her relation to Luke. Uh, or Mark Hamill, whatever, you know, yeah. that they mm-hmm. were supposed to be twins and he was, you know, quite taller than her. Yeah, that's um, true. So, you know, that's just the way she is. Yep. I'm surrounded by giants, so I have no <laughs> idea what a what a typical nine-year-old is. Supposed to <laughs> right, <like>. right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's talk about our thoughts for where the series is going. Do you think we will see more of Luke or will it just be Leia as the object of, of Obi-Wan's protectiveness in the series? What do you think? There was a, uh, in the radio drama, uh, Luke taught, had a friend named uh, Wendy, uh, and he mentioned this one time when Ben rescued the two of them uh, oh. when they were in trouble with Tuscan Raiders or something. I don't know. And, you know, that was, that, that radio drama, I know you're familiar with it, uh, yep. had some basis in the deleted scenes and some other stuff uh, from Lucas. So. It's not, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that it doesn't have to be, you know, his, his obviously his first encounter with Ben wasn't when he met him in episode four. He, he knew of him. Right. He had, mm-hmm. So I think there, there's going to be some Luke. Yeah. I think, but, but I think mostly we're getting the answer to the, the question, how did Leia know to contact Obi-Wan, right? Like why, why right. was this help me Obi-Wan Kenobi? You're my only hope. Why was that? the the situation and i think this is the answer to it right? my Rogue understanding one. was that was that was uh her father said, yeah. sent her to get um obi the two the, the the dual mission and this isn't clear in episode uh four but it's it's in, in rogue one is it in rogue one mm-hmm. that she's sent to get obi-wan yes. he says i'm gonna send captain Antilles and a special ambassador to get our our mutual friend or something along those lines right. okay yeah, but I, but I feel like I feel like we're going to get the specific answer of why that's her that's her response to okay yes. we've been captured what are we going to do now and that that's her, her saying help us Obi Wan Kenobi your only hope is because of because this of situation. this relationship that that they have yeah mm-hmm. interesting yeah so she's not talking to him like someone she's never met right okay. right. Do you think we will see Tatooine at all again before the end of the series? Like the last episode? Mm. Uh, I, I he's got to return there. Yeah. He's got to go back, obviously. And I think, well, if we're going to see Luke, we're going to, yeah. 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 Well, well, if we, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to see Luke again as part of this. Like Luke will maybe just be there. We, we're not going to get a, an adventure where Obi-Wan is helping Luke. I don't think that's going to happen. No, not a major thing. Now uh, they credit, did we see um, Baru in these first two episodes? We didn't. We didn't. We didn't see credited. Her. She and, credited. And she's credited, so she's going to be there sooner or later. Is it, yeah. it going to be a speaking role? Is she, you know, a, like a passing 
<laughs> is she going to get more screen time than the older Baru got? <laughs> right. We don't know. Right. Um, does, well, and actually my next question was something we just talked about. Like, does Senator Leia know that the Ben who rescued her in this is the Obi-Wan Kenobi in a, in a new hope. And Thomas, like, so I gather you're it's yes. I, I think so. Yes. Okay. I think she's going to find out in this series that who he is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I think she's too intelligent for the information to be withheld for long. Right. Right. I think it, that's going to be a big reveal moment. I mean, she does, she now knows he's a Jedi. So um, I guess that that's cats out of that bag. Do we know how much her you know, Bale told her about Kenobi? I mean, no, I don't think he's probably told her anything, but, but I don't think, yeah, uh, we don't know. So, and then my last question is, is where do you think Obi-Wan will be mentally and emotionally at the end of all this? And I mean, honestly, the, the way I approach it is, is we we're, we're traveling, we're journeying from the, the, the trauma, traumatized Obi-Wan to the Obi-Wan who we find at the beginning of a new hope, uh, where does he end? Where does is that where he ends in this series? Is is settled and uh, his his mind is settled from the events and that sort of thing? Living in his adobe hut and not in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> he has to be ready for um, for Maul because the next yep. time we see him is in Rebels, and it's that encounter with Maul. Another thought I had relating to when he refuses to help the Jedi earlier in the episode is that when he meets Ezra on Tatooine. He helps Ezra and sends him on his way, whereas mm-hmm. here he doesn't help him. That shows that he's changed even more than just the fear. There's been growth. That's true. This is true. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah. The, by the way, Sam Witwer was at Celebration and did the Kenobi uh, mall scream, and it was awesome. It, you can find it online somewhere. I think that there we're, we're going to uh, get Qui-Gon um, yes. helping him through this arc of his character get to a place where he's more comfortable uh, with, you know, what's going on and, you know, and what, what his role is. And he's definitely, there's, he's, he's uncomfortable. He, he's, yeah. he's watching mm-hmm. over this child. He's definitely got some tension and fear. Uh, you know, he's, I, does he have a R2 unit like unburied? That's what it looks like. Every I think it's just part of one. Up, I oh, think, part of one. Okay, like yeah. the, the it's good or it's not good. Like yeah. the little warning system. It's a, it's a trip warning. Someone's inside or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we don't know where R2 is. We're presumably still on the Tantive. We uh, saw c Unless he's on... Um, yeah. Yeah, we saw c well, we saw. No, did we? Was that, wasn't that just a protocol droid? No, or was there that was C-3PO? two That's different protocol droids. There was one silver mm-hmm. one, but there was one gold one. And they lingered that did shot. It, that was definitely C-3PO. Because mm-hmm. the, the voices I heard coming from them were that feminine more, you know, voice of well, like uh, the female sounding robot. That was, the, that was the silver one. Yeah. Okay. Did you, we didn't hear, did we hear Daniels? As no. The, okay. No. All right. So I was assuming it wasn't. I mean, the last time we, we saw them, uh, I mean, this is before Rogue One, obviously. So, uh, it's wipe the the protocol droids memory and R two, and they're on the Tantive with Antilles. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know if I mean so they're in the possession of Bail Organa like his droid, right? And that's where they still are when we meet them in uh, Episode Four. So the only explanation is if they're not on Alderaan, they're on the Tantive. That's, that's my guess. Yeah. There is a lot of room on Alderaan. It is a palace. Yeah. And an astromech droid would be That's much true. likely to be a diplomatic 
Perception. Uh, my guess is, is the astromech droid is on board the ship and that that uh, C-3PO ends up on the ship because he's Leia's personal protocol droid uh, right. in, in that sense. And so I think that's why yeah. they're there together on the ship at that time. There was an interesting, um, another from the radio drama, that uh, him and, and, and R2 were programmed that she is a command control voice and are not to reveal her identity on the Tantive in the beginning of... Uh, the happenings of episode four. Interesting. And so you hear 3PO go, there's no escape for the princess this time. But when he gets down to Luke and, and Luke's like, who is she? He goes, I don't know. I think she's someone in importance, but right. I don't know who she is, which doesn't make sense if you don't have that order. That's true. That's true. He is, he is hiding her identity when they get to the planet. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. All right. I think uh, that should do it for for this discussion, this very long discussion where we covered a lot of ground, but uh, very productive and uh, very happy to start with the, the this uh, this first two episodes of Kenobi. Um, want to uh, take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible to create Secrets of Star Wars, including Joe W., Cheryl W., Jonathan F., John D. and Kathy B. and Stephen B. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give. Make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Star Wars and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. If you have not yet done so, follow The Secrets of Star Wars in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, your favorite podcast app. We also have a YouTube channel where we post all the shows as audio plays. You can uh, hit the bell to get notifications there. Uh, we would ask you to write an Apple Podcast review or wherever you get your podcast from and share the podcast with your friends we're going to be talking about, well, not me personally, probably, but the rest of this, the usual Secrets of Star Wars panel, we'll be talking about Kenobi and then Andor and all the stuff that's coming up. You want to be subscribed and you want your friends to subscribe and then talk about it. Uh, you can get your very own Secrets of Star Wars T-shirt or phone case or all kinds of merch by visiting sqpn.com slash merch. Be the cool guy on your block who's got a secret to stop. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, all the cool guys. Indeed. I need one. Yes, yeah. yes, you do need one. <laughs> yeah. They're so, not that easy to get, but yeah. if you go to the thing. You know, yes, you can only yeah. get them at sqpn.com slash merch. Merch. So we would love to hear from you. What did you think of the first two episodes of Kenobi and all those announcements at Celebration? You can let us know by commenting on the show at sqpn.com, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Media. Send an email to starwars at sqpn.com or visit the brand new StarQuest Discord community, which has been going awesome at sqpn.com slash discord. And then, of course, we'll be back next time and we'll be discussing the next new episode of Kenobi. Until then, Thomas Sanderho, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. It's been excellent. Mike Dens, thank you as well. And thank you to all the panelists who couldn't do it, so my dream came true to be on an episode of Secrets of Star Wars. That's awesome. And Isabella, thank you as well. It was my pleasure. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. And remember, this is where the fun begins. <laughs>